A good stock dog is worth its weight in gold. And a good cow dog will take the place of two or three guys horseback. But a dog isn't like a machine. You you can't just, you know, get one and punch a button or two and they go out, do the job, and you just sit there. Jason Terrell with Diamond J Stock Dogs out of Granbury, Texas, joins me today to talk about how he got his start, things to consider if you're looking for a dog, and things to consider once you have the dog. Plus, the one most important thing a dog needs to know. Find out what that is and more on this episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills. We are glad to have you here with us for episode 46. Today is 46, so if you are want to go back and listen on any of the podcast sites that are out there, that's how you'll know what to go back and look for is episode 46. And if you're joining us right here on Rural Radio Channel 147, Sirius XM, thanks for joining us here this weekend, where you will find us each and every Saturday and Sunday at 12 noon Eastern and appreciate you tuning in that way as well. Well, on our show today, uh, I don't know if you remember uh, a couple episodes back. In fact, it was episode 41. I had Dallas Mount, who is the CEO of Ranch Management Consultants, joining us on our program. We each come up with a list of five things that we thought would help a rancher in terms of profitability, efficiency, and productivity. And one of the tools that I suggested was a good stock dog. And I stress the point good because I will tell you right now, if it's not a good stock dog, I don't even want to mess with it. But nevertheless, uh, it was it was something that came up. In fact, I had some folks email me and say, hey, could we do a show on stock dogs? And I thought, well, yeah, let's go, go ahead and do that. And so I reached out to Jason Terrell with Diamond J Stock Dogs out of Granbury, Texas. He is joining us today. We're going to be talking about uh, stock dogs, things that uh, from his experience that he would recommend some advice. And also, as I said in the opening, what is the one most important thing that he believes a dog needs to know? We will find out what that is as uh, Jason Terrell joining us in our next segment as our featured interview today. Also, the captain, Tim O'Byrne, will be by in just a moment to drop in his two cents for our show today. And then, of course, our last segment today, meteorologist Don day will be joining us as we look at our long-term weather as uh, we see some uh, some weather coming into next week and the meteorologist and uh, folks they're kind of some folks see it one way others see it another way we're going to hear what he has to say about what we're going to be looking at for our long-term weather into next week i want to take some time here now to thank the sponsors of the working ranch radio show the american simmental association and you know there have been some fundamental changes that the american simmental association has brought to the table that they believe helps ranchers move their operations forward. Things like pedigree knowledge with actual performance records and now some very advanced genomics along with it. It's providing more predictability to you, the rancher, so that you can make management decisions about the bulls you buy that increase profitability to you. Sim Genetics, profit through science. Find out more at Simmental.org. Other sponsors include Biozyme, protect and recovery with Vitachar by Biozyme. For more information, visit vitafirm.com forward slash vita dash charge. Hargrove Ranch Insurance, providing pasture range and forage insurance to ranchers all across the nation. For a free custom quote, 
All you need to do, give them a call at 325-573-8975 or also check them out online at hargroveinsurance.com. And finally, Keneally Angus. You know, their fall bull sales coming up. In fact, it's going to be this month, the Monday before Thanksgiving, November 22nd. If you'd like more information or to request a catalog, go to their website at KeneallyAngus.com. Now, by the way, you might think just because you're a long ways from the Sandhills in Nebraska that you can't buy a Keneally Angus bull. And here's the deal. That's not true. You can buy them from Keneally Angus no matter where you're at. They free, they winter the bulls, and they deliver nationwide. Give them a call. Jerry, Gabriel, or Jed at Keneally Angus. Their fall bull sale coming up Monday, November 22nd. Check them out online at KeneallyAngus.com. Well, now it is time to check in with the Captain Tim O'Byrne, publisher and editor of Working Ranch Magazine, for this week's edition of Tim's Two Cents. Hey, Justin. Hey, everybody out there in Working Ranch Radio Land. If you have not made arrangements with someone to come and chore up while you bust off the ranch and head down to Las Vegas, Nevada, December 8th to 10th, the final week of NFR, Everybody's going to be in town. And that's when we're having our Working Ranch Expo, the very first one, at the convention center. It's going to be a lot of fun. Some great seminar speakers. We've got amazing exhibitors and good food. A lot of fun. It's going to be great. Come on down to the convention center just up the way from Cowboy Christmas. You guys all know where it is. We're going to be there. And the first 100 people through the door every day get a Yeti coffee cup That's a $30 value. It's one of them good wide ones with the handle and the lid on it, and it'll keep your coffee hot for a week. Come on down. Working Ranch Expo, December 8th to 10th. Justin, you're going to be there, and you're going to be dressed for success. I just feel it. Can't wait to see you guys. Working Ranch Expo, back to you in the studio, Justin. Ah, you bet, Captain, and I am looking forward to being down in Vegas for this year's first ever Working Ranch Expo. Now, folks, here's something. If you have the latest copy of Working Ranch Magazine, and I'll tell you how you'll know, because it's got a Charley Bull and a Charley Cow on it, that is the latest copy. Turn to page 17, and you will see a list, a lineup, of all of the speakers that will be at the Working Ranch Expo, the times that they will be speaking, what they will be talking about, and uh some of the speakers that are going to be on that list, they are the same ones that we've had on the Working Ranch Radio Show from time to time. For example, Dallas Mount will be there. Our, our very own meteorologist, Don Day, will be presenting as well. And, of course, Lamar Steiger will be there. I want to thank the folks at Beringer Ingelheim for bringing Lamar Steiger in to talk about reimagining the beef case, how Walmart and 44 Farms are reshaping the beef industry, and how you can cash in, too. Lamar Steiger presenting on that and looking forward to uh, meeting back back up with him and of course also looking forward to uh, uh, listening in on uh, Dr. Joe Gillespie with Beringer Ingelheim his talk on sending parasites packing and when I say that what I'm talking about I'm not talking about your in-laws that come too early and stay too long at your house during a holiday I'm talking parasites and cows Dr. Joe Gillespie will be the speaker from Beringer Ingelheim that presentation set to take place on uh, December 9th uh, at 11 o'clock in the morning so 
a good list of speakers. Take a look at all of that list in the latest copy of Working Ranch Magazine. Well, with that, let's take a break here. And when we come back, we're going to get into our featured topic of the day, and that is on stock dogs. Join us. Jason Terrell with Diamond J Stock Dogs is coming up next on the Working Ranch Radio Show. There's assurance in buying bulls from a proven program, and a program that's been proven time and time again is Keneally Angus. So mark your calendar now for Keneally Angus Fall Bull Sale, Monday, November 22nd, the Monday before Thanksgiving, offering approximately 350 head of fully guaranteed older bulls with free wintering and free delivery nationwide. These are bulls out of the industry's leading sires with genomic enhanced EPDs. They'll also be offering six head of heifer calves. Remote bidding will be available so for more information or to request a catalog, go to KeneallyAngus.com. It's Keneally Angus Fall Bull Sale, Monday, November 22nd at 12 noon Mountain, the Monday before Thanksgiving. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show here on Rural Radio Channel 147, Sirius XM. I'm your host, Justin Mills. Glad to have you here back with us as we now get into our featured interview today. And it's being brought to you by Biozyme. Protect and recovery with Vita Charge by Biozyme. For more information, visit vitafirm.com forward slash Vita dash charge. Well, joining us now as we talk on our featured topic today, which is on stock dogs, is Jason Terrell with Diamond J Stock Dogs out of Granbury, Texas. And Jason, thanks for joining us today here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Jason, uh, th- th- this topic of, of a stock dog, um, where this kind of came from of, of me reaching out to you had a lot to do with a show that we did previously back on episode 41. And one of the, uh, it was 10 things on profitability, efficiency, and productivity. It was an interview I did with Dallas Mount. And one of the things that I had in my list was a good stock dog. And so I wanted to reach out to you because I know you've got a, a pretty wide history of training dogs, using dogs. And and so I wanted you first, before we get into some of the details of, of a stock dog that I know people are going to be interested in, just just some stuff to know. I uh, wanted you to give us some background in, of yourself and how you've used and are training stock dogs. Okay. Um where where I really got started at was about oh about eight to ten years ago. I was I was out uh, uh, west Nevada, mm-hmm. Utah area, <clears throat> and out in that part of the country, you know it's it's high desert, you know you know some canyons and so on and so forth. And so I was with a buddy of mine, and he had a a, a big lease, and we were uh, gathering. And the first time that I really you know really was around a lot of good gathering dogs you know was out out west and so i seen these dogs you know go i forgot it you know how how far he Mm -hmm. actually sent sent the dogs but it was it was a good ways and it really intrigued me because i was going to ride out with them you know and he said no we don't have to go all the way the dogs you know we'll, we'll go and find the cattle and you know just handle them get behind them and bring them back to where they were sent from Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, I've got to see this because it, you know, at that at that point in time, I was I was running some uh, cattle there in southern Utah, and every time I had to go, you know, gather or you know whatever, I always had to depend on, you know, neighbors or friends or yeah. you know this and that, and it was it was it was always a pain because you know <laughs> n- nobody was ever on my schedule. Yeah. 
so I seen these dogs and sure enough, you know, they went out, they handled the cattle in a very, very, you know, calm demeanor once they got the cattle handling and brought them to us, you know, and I was absolutely amazed. So I started, you know, researching the gathering breeds, you know, uh, you know, the uh, mm-hmm. hanging cow dog, the border collies, Kelpies, uh, Australian shepherds, you know, and my first dog was a border collie and then then you know i got a few hanging tree cow dogs as uh, well and that's that's kind of where i started at and everything kindly you know moved moved forward from from there mm-hmm. so let's get into now on these dogs because because i know from the outside looking in people would say man i really want a dog and and there's more to it than just than just that and i and i think that was the part of the purpose of this show is to when we 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 see somebody's good dog and we think man i i really want to have that ability and so when when somebody sees that like you did and you were out there you saw somebody's good dog and and then move to the next step of okay i'm gonna have a dog what does that look like? I mean, what what are we talking about there? Because it's it's. I, I guess I feel sometimes that I and I don't want to discourage folks, but I don't know that everybody fully understands the full the commitment that it takes when you start to decide. Okay, I want a working dog. What's that look like? That that is a lot of truth into that, and commitment is the the main word there, the main focus. And a lot of people has a miss exception or whatever of you know handling dogs and being able to work the dogs and so when when i seen it and i was so amazed you know at what these dogs can do you know i said to myself right then and there that i'm going to learn how to operate one because i need these Mm -hmm. And at that at that point in time, you know, I did not have any inclination of being where I am today as far as training for the public, uh, making great ranch dogs, you know, and helping other people, you know, get to the point where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And so I made a commitment to myself that I was going to learn everything that I possibly can. And I started researching and there was, you know, a lot of great videos out um and at that point in time there wasn't as many you know videos like on youtube or facebook or anything like that at that point in time and so i just started you know finding the the different uh dog guys that from the past you know that had good you know videos out training videos so on and so forth and Mm -hmm. so you know i ordered a bunch of them and and every night i would sit down and i would watch them and i would you know dissect them and i would you know just go through them over and over because i had the commitment you know in in my mind and my heart that you know i was going to get and make some phenomenal cow dogs and the only way to do it is to learn how to operate them because these are not over a period of time you know these are not machines Mm -hmm. you know you can't just you know get one and punch a button or two and they go out do the job and you just sit there you know they're they're pretty much like a you know you have to use them like another hired hand or you know and and a good cow dog will take the place of two or three guys horseback and you know and so this was my answer 
of, you know, man, it'd be easy to send them dogs out, gather, you know, find the cattle, gather them, put them in the pens. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have to have a lot of people helping me. Yeah. Jason Terrell with Diamond J Stock Dogs is my guest today out of Granbury, Texas. We're going to take a break here. And when we come back on the Working Ranch Radio Show, we're going to be talking about what you need to do next if indeed a dog is what you're wanting to go after before you physically go buy that dog, something you should do ahead of that. We're going to talk about it when we return on the Working Ranch Radio Show. It's weaning time, one of the biggest days of the year for you and the most stressful for your calves. Ensure a smooth transition with the VitaCharge Weaning Program. This two-step program with the AmaFirm Advantage gives calves the nutritional boost they need to get through the first weeks of weaning, accelerate appetite, increase weight gain, and improve health. It's weaning time. Get them ready with VitaCharge. For more information, visit VitaFirm.com forward slash Vita-Charge. It's a competitive calf market and buyers want calves that will perform, period. And a proven solution is Simmental. In fact, data from the Tri-County Steer Carcass Fertility from 2002 through 2018 on nearly 60,000 head of calves revealed that Simmental sired calves represented the highest carcass-valued sire group over English and other continental breed groups. And the sire group that was the second highest carcass value was Simangus sire. So, the proof's right there. For low-risk, high-potential calves with earning potential, be confident that Sim Genetics will give you more per head, period. Stand strong, Simmental. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills. We're glad to have you here along with us today. By the way, this is episode 46, so if you want to go back and listen to it, that's how you know which episode to go and listen to. And uh, if you're just joining us in our program today, Jason Terrell with Diamond J Stock Dogs is my guest today, and I reached out to Jason because uh, I had done an episode, uh, episode 41 with Dallas Mount, who's the CEO of Ranch Management Consultants, and we both both sat down together and come up with a list of five things each that we thought would be help a rancher uh, for in terms of profitability, efficiency, and productivity. One of the things on my list was a stock dog, and partly because I was raised uh, with good working dogs. My dad had them, and uh, I have them now, and, and they're just a part of our operation. I need them to, it's almost like I have an arm cut off if I don't have my dog with me and we're, and we're working livestock. So Jason Terrell, as I said, my guest today with Diamond J Stock Dogs, and Jason, you were explaining a little bit in the first segment uh, about uh, how you kind of got your start and also the fact that uh, nowadays there's a lot of access to video out there both for watching good dogs work and training dogs as well and so before we actually go buy a dog what is one of the most important things you feel needs to be done my number one recommendation if people you know are going to you know start thinking about getting a cow dog you know start researching the breed that you know, they, they think that they're going to be interested in because there's several different, you know, gathering breeds out there. Um, you know, me personally, I like the hanging tree cow dog. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it was developed, uh, by Mr. Gary Erickson and his son chalk, uh, years ago. And they put three eighths cow bred border collie into it and eight Catahoula cur a quarter Kelpie and a quarter Australian Shepherd. Mm -hmm. But 
I like it because it's got a little bit of everything in it far as herding ability, uh, the curve for, you know, going and hunting and finding and winding cattle in brush or whatever the case may be. The uh, Kelpie, you know, for the endurance and slick coat of, of the uh, cow dogs. And then he put, you know, one Australian yeah. shepherd into it, Black Bear, mm-hmm. that was super gritty, that could handle anything. And so, you know, my opinion, you know, he done a, f- a phenomenal job on this breed. But there's also the Border Collies. And a lot of people use Border Collies. And there are some great Border Collies in this country. Uh, also, um, Kelpies. You know, there's a lot of people that use Kelpies. And there are people that use Australian Shepherds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, an, an, another breed of cow dog, you know, which, you know, me personally, I don't use. But there are a lot of guys that do um, are straight blackmouth curse yeah um you know so there's there's a lot of different options that people have but i would you know highly suggest if you you know whatever breed a person chooses you know to research it and then find you know someone in your area or you know close to you that you know you can get with learn from and take good advice and like and like i said earlier there are a lot of good videos out there for training videos but i would do my due diligence of you know learning the breed that you are going to be working yeah jason not everyone is cut out or wants to be a dog trainer but they do see the value of having a dog and want to get a dog that's already been trained as they look at that option what would you suggest if you are going to go this route you know, spend the adequate time and learning the dog that, that you are going to get and get some, you know, cattle. Once you get the dog to your house, get, you know, get somebody, whether the trainer or somebody else to help you get your cattle dog broke. And whether it's three or five head in, in a kind of a smaller area that you can go and practice with your dog, because if you just automatically take that dog, from whomever you bought it from and it's well started and you think that just automatically you're going to go and gather a hundred head it's not (laughs) going to work that well for you because you're going to be in the wrong place the dog's going to be confused because you know you are not you know working it like it was trained so you know i would you know definitely encourage the individuals and and i don't care once again what breed it is i would highly encourage you to you know work with that dog whether it's you know two or three times a week every day whatever the case may be and practice with it Mm -hmm. you know because you know like i said earlier we do this on a daily basis so for you know a a good handler that works dogs every day it's second nature to them Mm -hmm. and but somebody new getting into it they're going to make mistakes and it's going to be trials and tribulations until you get it figured out on your own. And then one day, just like I tell a lot of my customers, you know, I say, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be aggravated. You're going to want to throw your hands up because it's just going to keep, you know, going back in your mind. Well, you know, Jason was able to work this dog with ease and this dog was doing this and I can't even, you know, get it to go 15 feet after three cows. You know, but it's one of those deals that once you practice and practice and then the dog understands that you know what you're doing, then everything starts coming together. 
And then one day a light switch will pop on and then the individual will say, wow, now I understand what Jason was talking about. And I wish I'd have had these mm-hmm. cow dogs 10 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, because it's made my life so much easier. Because, you know, if you've never really done it, it's not going to come just overnight. You know, you've got to understand, you know, how the dog works. And the the biggest deal is commands because a command is not a suggestion. It needs to happen, you know, and the handler, whomever it is, you know, needs to be strict about it and forceful because if not that that dog you know is just like a kid you know it's going to try you and Mm -hmm. if you're able if if you're not able to back up what you're talking about or or your commands they just going to try to get away with every little thing that they possibly can and i find that you know a lot of times people will be just content on getting a little bit where when i train dogs you know i mean it's it's got to be you know, this is what I told you to do and I want it done now, you know, and then the dogs figure out that, you know, Hey, if, you know, I do what he says, I'm rewarded for it. But if I don't, I get in trouble, you know, and, and it just makes everything work in a lot more harmonious situations. Mm -hmm. Jason Terrell with Diamond J Stock Dogs is my guest today and Stock Dogs is our featured topic for our program and Jason giving us some good advice there about uh, if if you're really not bent for training a dog from a pup up and you end up wanting to just buy a dog that's already trained some good advice there from Jason on that. When we come back, uh, Jason, I want to visit more about uh, what you feel is, is the biggest mistake you had with your dogs. And then also, what is the one thing that every dog needs to have or needs to know? We're going to talk about that when we come back on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Animal health is key to your business. So how do you track cattle health treatments? Well, stop relying on pen and paper or complicated programs. Performance Beef helps you record processing data, enter costs, and track animal health history all in real time at the chute. The mobile app also makes it easy to log pasture and pen treatments on the go. Your health data is integrated with feed and financial information in one easy-to-use platform, accessible from your computer, smartphone, or tablet. Find Performance Beef online to request a demo. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show here on Rural Radio, Channel 147, Sirius XM. I'm your host, Justin Mills. Thanks for joining us here this weekend. By the way, this is episode 46 on our podcast site. Jason Terrell with Diamond J Stock Dogs is my guest today. He continues with us here today. And Jason, I think for a lot of folks, I know myself, uh, the very first dog I ever started training, a little apprehensive, not wanting to screw the dog up. And so with that in mind, I'm going to ask you, what was one of the biggest mistakes you made? Expecting a dog to do more than what it's ready for. You know, I've I've gotten myself into different positions and situations in the past that when I was working young dogs, um, you know, I'd go out to go and gather or, you know, whatever the case may be. And I would get my dogs into wrecks because they was not, you know, mentally or physically prepared for what 
I was putting them into, you know, they would be, you know, doing great at home on, you know, three head and, you know, just doing phenomenal. And then, you know, I'd say, well, you know, I, I, I need to go gather these 50 head or I need to go, you know, try to find these, you know, 15, 20 head on the river bottom or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I would take these young dogs. And of course they, they all need real world experience. And so, but at that point in time, you know, I should have increased my numbers at the house and let them understand, you know, Hey, there's, you know, when, when I do send you, you need to gather everything. And so the mistakes I've made, you know, was sending young dogs into stuff that would absolutely set them back mentally, you know, because mm -hmm. they would just get messed up and just, you know, just, I wouldn't say fry their brain, but yet, you know, just be absolutely confused, yeah. you know, and not be able to finish the, the job. Because I always try to end on a good note and a positive note any place that I can. So with those mm -hmm. aspects of, you know, re reality, you know, I've learned, you know, to prepare my young dogs better before I really take them out into the real world of you know just a, a, a lot of you know work where they are more mentally prepared and can handle because young dogs are still going to make mistakes mm -hmm. but if mentally they're they're prepared you know they can overcome yeah. their mistakes and then we can still finish on a good note you bet um when you and I talked about this, I said I, I, I'm always cautioned about going into interviewing somebody that's either horse trainers or dog trainers because everybody's kind of got their own philosophies out there. And we haven't we're not really getting into the deep details of exactly how you're training a dog. But I want to know, in your opinion, though, if somebody's going to look at it like you did and they're going to say, you know, I want to just train my own dog to get started are there some just some real basic things to start on with a dog that just like is foundational on a dog training it before you start adding the buttons and that's when people's philosophies maybe start to change a little bit is you know how you how we do these buttons or do we add this kind of a button and when i'm talking about buttons folks what i mean is basically um things that they'll do things that they can do so so from your your point of view just down in basics i mean and maybe it's not even stock dog related or working cattle but just down to the basics of core foundation that this dog needs to have but down the number one command that a dog needs to understand with no doubt in their mind is a down mm -hmm. and that's where a lot of people i see trying to work their their own dogs or you know start their own dogs is that they really struggle with getting a good down on their dogs mm -hmm. and where you know i said earlier that a command is that is just it a command it's not a suggestion it's not well let me think about it just for a bit and then i'll do it it's you need to do it now and so that 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 down command is very very important because it can either save you or get you into a wreck somewhere down the road and when and you know so when people are starting their dogs you know i'm very very adamant you know when i'm starting young dogs i will make them down 
And if they don't, you know, I mean, I really get on to them. But as soon as they down, boy, I give them a lot sure. of praise. And I, you know, um, but with a down, it's kind of like a reset button. Mm-hmm. So if if you have a great dog that's got a ton of drive, a ton of cow in it, just I mean, wants to work, wants to work, wants to work. Well, if everything starts going awry, whether in the training pen. If you know you've already started getting side commands on the dog and you're out in a little bigger, you know, area or whatever, if everything starts going completely haywire, you know without a shadow of a doubt, you can down that dog and regroup. It's kind of like a reset mm-hmm. button. You know, and then once your dog starts understanding <clears throat> his job, as time goes on and then you're out there really doing real jobs, getting the cattle from the pasture to the pens, you know, well that down, when you get the cattle in and you lay that dog in in a gate, that's where he needs to lay down at, Mm -hmm. you know, and it, it, you can use that dog for sorting or, you know, loading or, you know, uh, trailers or, you know, or just straight, gathering everybody uses their dogs differently in different situations but if you have a down on that dog you know that to me is the number one most important command because an old man told me one time and and he was absolutely correct that if you have a down on your command or a down on your dog and that's all you have but that dog has a lot of drive and a lot of natural ability. Mm-hmm. You can still gather cattle and pin cattle as long as you got a good down on your dog. Mm-hmm. Because once that dog gets around the cattle and the cattle start drifting to whichever way that the rancher, cowboy, whatever wants them cattle to start drifting, you can down your dog and then walk up and then down your dog. You know, but if the dog doesn't have a down and all it wants to do is just, you know, keep getting around cattle or chasing cattle or whatever, you're going to be in a wreck. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you're you are not going to accomplish anything. And what I was talking about, you know, just a few seconds ago about, you know, somewhere down the road, you know, that that down will leave you, you know, save you or get you into a wreck, you know, Um, and and I've been in that wreck that you know everything went absolutely phenomenal gathering you know i'd send my dogs out gather a big group and i'm headed to the to the set of portable pins or regular pins mm-hmm. you know doesn't matter and i've got everything kindly just flowing through the gate just like i want i tell my you know dogs down and if i've got one you know dog that just kind of drifts a little bit you know on a come by or on 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 an away and just gets too close into that cow's bubble and especially if they're not just 100 percent dog broke and understand mm-hmm. you know what you want well then that dog leaks into that cow's bubble and then maybe that cow comes out and wants to fight and then of course that dog is already just right there wanting to do it you know and then just grabs a hold of that cow the cow jumps over the dog and just takes off yeah. okay well, if that dog would have listened to you five foot or ten foot previous on that down and stayed down, all the cows would have just walked right in that pen. You wouldn't have had any issues. But being that dog, 
did not, you know, just listen and have that solid down. Now it's caused a wreck. So now you've got to either, you know, one, go rope that one, or me always take the rest of the cows to that one cow because, you know, I've got dogs that can go gather everything. So I'll regather and then try it again, mm-hmm. you know, but, but I wouldn't have been in that wreck if that one dog would listen. So that's what yeah. you know, I was talking about, you know, how, how important that, that down is. Yeah. When we talk about the different styles of dogs and, and then maybe that's the different ways that we are going to use them, because you've referred to a couple things there. I know from my own experience, we're going to go out, we're going to gather cattle. Uh, and that's a style of, of, of working a dog that, that is one, one way, how you use a dog in terms of gathering. Then we get into the corral and it's a, and things change. And in fact, the dog that I've got now, she's, she's great at the gather. We're really good there. And she's an older dog now she's gotten, and she's better at the corral work. But when she was younger, she was miserable <laughs> in the corral. I mean, she just, she had no confidence in there. And, and so when, when we get to that, I think there's some understanding we need to know as, as if we have a dog there is some changes that happen uh, with that and, and how that work happens. And so from your point of view, how do we take that dog and, and get them as much as we can? We I realize we're, a dog might have more uh, instincts towards maybe the gather versus in the corral or things like that. But how do we make these a multi-purpose dog as best we can? All right. Well, not every dog is going to work good in a set of pins. Mm-hmm because not every dog can take that pressure like what what you had just just mentioned you know as far as confidence or whatever the case may be so what what i would recommend if you know i would constantly i would work on that gather and i would get that you know gathering pastures to the pens and letting that dog 100 percent understand his job and then if you do want to use your dogs in the pens then i would go back and scale down the amount of cattle and so on and so forth and then i would start in 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 the pens you know just bring them through different gates say you know start with five head mm-hmm. you know or ten head you know but make sure that their dog broke and you know just not always wanting to fight the dog make sure that their dog broke and moving off the pressure of, of the dog and then you can start your dog you know on, on the perimeter bringing the cattle around and then moving them from, you know, gate to gate, pen to pen. Then once the dog understands that aspect, well, then you can just, you know, set up any type of scenario that, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, hold, I'm going to take these 10 head and I'm going to sort out, you know, say three and have him hold them seven or, you know, five and five or whatever the case may be. The individual can just pick a number and, you know, work on any scenario that, that they, you know, possibly won't. And that's the way that I start mine on working in, in the pens mm-hmm. because they start understanding that pressure. Then you can just add 15 head, 20 head, 30 head, you know, and the, the job never changes. It's just the numbers. Sure. Okay. But not every dog is going to be a pen dog Yeah. because it, it's just, you know, too confined, um, not to say that that's not a good dog because it is on the job that it's absolutely awesome for so you have to understand what your dog's ability is and you know work on that don't just discount the dog because it won't do everything 
It's just, you know, certain dogs are better at certain jobs. It's just like us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a good transition into the next side of things. And, and that is back to us as the handler. And we've talked a lot about the dog, but I guess the one thing that, that I see this comes back to is us as a handler and as, as a person out there understanding stockmanship. And, and I think sometimes what I see out there is folks get a dog and they just, it's, it's like a hot shot on four legs is what I refer to it as. And every time them cows, I mean, whether they're doing something right or doing something wrong, them dogs are just after them cattle. And so to me, I look at this and I think, man, if I don't have a good grasp of stockmanship myself, whether with, with or without a dog, it, a dog's not going to make it better. That is very, very true. It, it, if, if the individual doesn't understand cattle, you are correct. A dog is, is going to make it a lot worse. Yes. And, and I do, you know, I'm, I'm always preaching stockmanship. I'm always, you know, preaching, you know, that dog doesn't always have to be right there in that cow's bubble. You know, uh, a, you know, once, once the cattle are handled and are dog broke, you know, I try to keep my dogs off the cattle at all costs. You know, if, if, if I can walk that dog up and I'm 10 foot away from that cow and that cow moves, I'm happy, you know, because the, the less stress mm-hmm. that you can put on the cattle, the better. Now, you know, and a lot of people, you know, man, they love to see dogs bite a cow. They, you know, boy, that's a tough dog. That's, you know, absolutely <laughs> awesome. And yes, at times, you know, you've got to have that dog bite a cow. I don't, I don't want a dog that's not going to bite a cow, but there's, there's times to bite and there's times to not bite. Yeah. Jason Terrell with Diamond J Stock Dogs is my guest today. We have one more segment coming up with him before we let him go. And in the next segment, we're going to be talking about trial dogs training versus ranch dog training and uh, his thoughts on that and some final comments from him as well. We'll be back with more on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Coming to the Las Vegas Convention Center, December 8th, 9th, and 10th, it's the Working Ranch Expo, brought to you by Working Ranch Magazine. It's thousands of feet of space filled with the ranch industry's leading equipment manufacturers and suppliers, plus great speakers that will inspire and educate you. And we're in the hall just across from Cowboy Christmas. Register to attend at WorkingRanchExpo.com. It's Working Ranch Expo by day, NFR by night. We'll see you at the Expo. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills, as we wrap up our featured topic today interview with Jason Terrell on Stock Dogs. Jason, I know the the world of trials, uh, stock dog trials, is definitely something that a lot of folks have probably watched and find that very, very appealing. And it's really brought some some enthusiasm back to folks owning a dog. It It's really sparked a lot of interest with a lot of people that's you know never really seen a lot of cow dogs and so they go to a cow dog trial and 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 they really you know see these you know great cool dogs working with phenomenal handlers working on three head or five head and a lot of times in in an arena setting or whatever the case may be 
and you know and so it sparks an interest and then they start you know either talking to handlers there or just researching on their own and they've been thinking about you know getting dogs um you know and and not every trial dog will make a good ranch dog mm-hmm. you know it, it's just you know one of those deals that you know that's what they're comfortable at in the trial aspect and then when they get out doing ranch work you know well it, it it's it's a whole different ball game for them and unless they're told what to do every every single moment you know they can't a lot of them don't think on their own and so on and so forth where ranch dogs you train them to go and gather cattle and handle cattle and think on their own and i've had some that i have trialed and i have done very well in competition but they were ranch dogs first yeah well jason we're about out of time here but before we leave just some final comments that you would offer to folks as they are thinking about this and wanting to proceed further into their endeavors of owning a stock dog what would be some final thoughts and advice you'd offer them you know it just all depends on if you want to go the puppy route or a started dog route you know if you want to go the puppy route you know that if you have a family involved kids whatever the case may be sometimes puppies are the best route so you can get socialized you know with the with the family the number one deal i would find you know whatever breed you want to go with uh find a good breeder and a good trainer and visit with them and you know i can't stress enough that when you do decide to get a pup, make sure that, you know, you find out what the parents can do and, you know, you know, look, look for videos or ask for videos of the parents working and just do your due diligent work. Just don't, you know, purchase a pup just because it looks pretty (laughs) or cute or, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, if you are going to get a started dog, spend some time with that trainer and, you know, find out what the dog can do or can't do and, look, you know, watch videos of the started dog. You know, make sure that, you know, it can work more than three or five head. You know, if, if you know, you have a ranch and you got, you know, 50, 60 head, make sure that that dog can, you know, go out and handle the cattle that you know you're you're wanting the dog to handle or that particular type of terrain uh you know because if if that started dog has only worked five head in a manicured pasture but you're wanting to send it out in mesquite or on a river bottom or in cactus or whatever it's a probability that that dog is not going to adjust very very easily and also another thing that I would highly recommend, you know, is to have that that trainer, which I know I, you know, offer if you're in driving distance of me and you purchase, you know, a started dog from me or even a pup and send it back to me to train and you're in driving distance. And once I get that dog trained and started well, I'll come to your place and help you get your cattle handling and dog broke. So it, it, it's a win-win for mm-hmm. the, the the customer or handler and dog you know because a lot of times you may have one or two dogs and you don't know how to go about you know dog breaking your uh, cattle so if if you start with dog broke cattle or at least you know 
you know, dog exposed cattle, it it's it's a lot easier than just starting from ground zero yeah. and and you know just scratching your head and say okay now I have this wonderful dog but how do I do it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Jason, thanks for joining us here today. By the way, folks, DiamondJStockDogs.com. That's the website uh, if you want to find out more about Jason Terrell. Also, his email is the same thing, DiamondJStockDogs at gmail.com. He also has videos out on YouTube. So, Jason, thanks for joining us here today on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Jason Terrell has been my guest today, and our featured interview today is being brought to you by Biozyme. Protect and recovery with Vita Charge by Biozyme. For more information, visit vitafirm.com forward slash vita dash charge. Well, stay with us. Meteorologist Don Day is up next as we get a look at our long-term weather on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Ranching has been in the Hardgrove family for generations, and they know the value of keeping a ranch in the family. Hardgrove Ranch Insurance provides pasture, range, and forage insurance to ranchers across the nation. PRF Insurance is a USDA-subsidized program that allows ranchers to insure against the risk of below-average rainfall. Hardgrove Ranch Insurance utilizes industry-leading custom software to provide the rancher with information they need to stay up-to-date and educated on their policy throughout the year. Hargrove Ranch Insurance supports ranchers for this generation, the next, and those yet to come. Contact Hargrove Ranch Insurance at 325-573-8975 for a free custom quote or online at hargroveinsurance.com. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills, as we turn now towards our weather segment today, being brought to you by Hargrove Ranch Insurance, providing pasture range and forage insurance to ranchers all across the nation. Check them out online at hargroveinsurance.com. Well, we're joined now by meteorologist Don Day with a look at our long-term weather. And Don, thanks for joining us here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Good to be here. So, we, we always talk about our long-term weather here on the program, and when we look out into next week, there's a lot of consternation, a lot of maybe not everybody's on the same page as far as what next week is going to look like, because uh, the weather could either be, if it's fast-moving, it's gonna we're going to see one thing. If it's slow-moving, it's a whole other thing, but it definitely potentially some bringing some precipitation across the country. So let's talk about where why we have some confusion in, into next week's long-term weather forecast. Well, we, we do have uh, a lot of confusion, uh, basically because uh, we have a whole different set of circumstances that could lead to different outcomes. And that's not unusual as you change seasons, as the atmosphere goes through the turmoil of going one season to the next. A lot of times the computer models, which we use to try to forecast the weather out for five to 10 to 15 days ahead, sometimes have a difficult time with that, especially when we see the wind speeds like we're seeing with the jet stream out over the North Pacific. Well, this is something that we had a couple of weeks ago, Justin, when we had jet stream winds over 200 miles an hour hit the West Coast. We saw big, big rains in California and Washington and Oregon and big mountain snows. We're going to see another somewhat similar situation developing as it is going to continue to be wet in those areas. I mean, one part of the U.S. that looks quite wet is going to be those Pacific Northwest areas from Central California up to Washington, Oregon, and British Columbia. And the rest of the nation's midsection, at least into early next week, is going to be pretty quiet. That also means 
good harvest conditions, no wet weather for the Corn Belt through the weekend and into early next week. But as we get to the middle of next week, those really strong jet streams out in the North Pacific will arrive into the nation's midsection. And that could draw in some Pacific moisture and also it could draw in some much colder Canadian air. So across the northern states of the United States, the northern plains and northern Rockies into the upper Midwest could see some winter weather arriving mid to late week if this all comes together. Mm-hmm. So with with the weather that's coming in, how far south is that potentially going to go? Because we, we've we seen a lot of moisture. We've been talking a lot about, about the West Coast we're seeing and, and in the northern Rockies. How far south could potentially this weather go? Well, it's going to affect just about all of the United States, including down into the Gulf Coast. That would be including Texas, uh, down into the southeast United States, the, the southeastern areas, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, into the Carolinas, and then some snow for the Great Lakes and rain and snow for the Corn Belt. The only area not really impacted is going to be the southwest United States, the, the Great Basin, Arizona, New Mexico, southern Utah. Uh, Southern California, Las Vegas areas, those locations are probably going to be the areas that are going to stay dry, while precipitation chances will be found just about everywhere else. All right. Well, Don, thanks for joining us here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. It's been my pleasure. That's meteorologist Don Day with a look at our long-term weather. By the way, his website is dayweather.com. Our weather segment today was brought to you by Hargrove Ranch Insurance, providing pasture range and forage insurance to ranchers all across the nation. Check them out online and ask for a free custom quote, hargroveinsurance.com. Other sponsors include the American Semental Association, Vita Charge by Biozyme, and Keneally Angus with their fall bull sale coming up on Monday, November 22nd. Well, the Working Ranch Radio Show is a production of Working Ranch Magazine, and if you would like to get a hold of me, you can sure send me an email at justin.workingranch at gmail.com. Well, thanks again for joining us here this weekend. Tune in next weekend, Saturday or Sunday at 12 noon Eastern, right here on Rural Radio Channel 147, Sirius XM, or on your podcast provider. Thanks again for joining us. I'm your host, Justin Mills. And until next time, keep your chin down and your mind in the middle. So long. 